you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where appropriate. And we've made it to another Monday, week 10, just about at its conclusion. We have one more game. It is the Vikings and the Bears on Monday Night Football. We will talk about that with the help of Kimmy Checks, as we always do on a Monday. We'll go over some of your waiver wire picks. We'll also look at a handful of guys who may look like role players on their respective NFL rosters and wonder whether or not maybe they have a role on your fantasy roster down the stretch, because we are literally just a couple of weeks away from the start of the fantasy playoffs. So things are getting real in your fantasy leagues if they haven't already. So we got that and plenty more to talk about in this one. But before we do any of that, let's talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. And Murph, I see you are rocking the Giants colors. They are still in the thick of things in the NFC East. I mean, as as discombobulated as it has been, you at least have to be encouraged that they're still in the race. It's the best bad division ever. Um, it's it's insane. Like, part of me is upset about those games they lost by like one score, like uh, the Bears, the Rams, the Bucks, the first Eagles game, the Cowboys game come to mind. But now I'm like, you know what? Doesn't matter, right? We're right neck and neck with the Eagles. If they keep playing like they are. They have a real shot at winning this thing, and like potentially hosting like Tom Brady, like the Bucks will come to MetLife to play the Giants, like a sixth win division winner. It's like, it is out of control. It's, it's on par for how crazy this year has been, but yeah, I am so excited for this team. I like, it's slowly all coming together. The old lines playing a little bit better. Jason Garrett's calling good plays. Uh, Dalen Jones is reacting to those plays he's calling and he's showing what he did last year, throwing the ball really well deep downfield. Um, they've somehow found a running game with Saquon injured. The defense, Patrick Graham's defense, has been incredible. Like they they stopped uh, the Eagles on every third down, I think uh, third and long uh, last game. It's just like everything Giants fans have been wanting and they're really buying into Joe Judge's culture, which is by far the biggest thing because the Giants 
unlike them had a bunch of stuff off the field happen the last few years. And now they, all these guys are, are buying in and um, it is finally like, weirdly happy times for Giants fans in New York. It's taken uh, quite a bit, but uh, we are slowly getting there. I, I know it, you know, it, it seems a little bit far-fetched because look, let's say the Giants end up with, you know, six, seven wins or whatever at the end of the year. I don't think Joe Judge will be named coach of the year, but Eddie, he's got to be getting votes. I mean, with what he's done and the fact that he's got this team in contention, he at least has to get some consideration for coach of the year. A- absolutely, and I think it's great that you brought that up because they're the Giants don't have a very talented team by most NFL standards. They have a lot of guys who would say they're B B minus players, and he is just like you know the sponge analogy. He is just really wringing everything out of these guys that you could possibly get, uh, even dealing with those injuries and stuff. Like you know, he's making household names out of guys that are pretty unheralded coming into the league. Um, like Dalvin Tomlinson, a good example. It's just an absolute force in the interior defensive line. But nationally, most people may not know who he is, and uh, it's it's. It's really like he's just done such a great job. And like I said, I think the the coaching culture and just the players buying him is by far the biggest thing he needs to get to happen. And that happened. And now you see like the kind of the wheels are in motion and it's slowly becoming a good team, like a team that people actually want to watch. And like, I, I, I could not be happy. I, re- I really am proud of like what they've uh, accomplished with, like I said, not not so much talent. Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely understand. Look, I, I can't imagine ever saying that a three and seven team should be feeling good about itself going into the bye, but that's kind of where the Giants are right now. Yeah. At this point, so. yeah. Well, the NFC East is going to be interesting to watch regardless of how it shakes out uh, the rest of the season. All right. It is Monday. And as we always do on a Monday, we bring in the one and only Kimmy Checks. And, you know, while everybody else had chaos going on around them because their teams were playing, you sort of had uh, an emotional break because the Chiefs were on a bye. So I'd imagine you're feeling a little bit more rested and centered after Sunday. Oh, I'm feeling so good. Yesterday, I sat down and started to get my Thanksgiving menu all together, was on the grill per usual, got to watch football and not stressed out because the Chiefs were on a bye. But then I realized like I was not as emotionally invested. Yes, I play fantasy, so I have players on every other team. But the entire day, I was like, what is going on? It's not the same uh, with the Chiefs not playing. However, that Cardinals-Bills game was really fun. Uh, and that crazy, crazy, crazy catch by DeAndre Hopkins, the the go boom uh, on your board right behind you. That was like the fun highlight of the Sunday. So looking forward to Chiefs football being back on uh, for week 11. That was absolutely amazing to just sort of watch that. And and I was saying before the show, as I as I saw Kyler let that ball go uh, and the camera sort of pans toward the end zone, I look at him like, you know, somebody might catch that ball. And lo and behold, uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes down with it. Pandemonium ensues. DJ Humphreys gives us a, a great meme of him with his just mouth <laughs> hanging open in shock. Uh, it was it was pretty amazing. In fact, I, I I texted some of my friends in Arizona who I know are Cardinals fans, and they were absolutely losing their minds <laughs> over that one. So uh, it was great for them. I know our pal Michael F. Florio is probably uh, not feeling so great about it, being a Bills fan. But uh, just a fantastic, fantastic ending. I'm going to go back and watch that on Game Pass, which, by the way, just a, a, a quick shameless plug for the company here. If you don't have Game Pass, it is worth checking out. If for no other reason than the condensed games afterwards, if there's a game you missed or you want to watch again, the fact that you can go back and watch a full NFL game in anywhere from about 30 to 45 minutes is uh, is pretty amazing. So I may go back and, and redo uh, Cardinals and Bills uh, on Game Pass. All right. Let us turn now to some fantasy headlines to start off this Monday. And last week, we talked about Brady and the Bucks going bust and just getting just getting punched in the mouth repeatedly by the Saints. Uh, what a difference a week makes because Brady and the Bucks go boom against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Tom Brady with a huge day. And I think more notably, Kimmy, all of the wide receivers went out and gave you 13 or more points. I mean, Antonio Brown had a nice day. Uh, Chris Godwin did Chris Godwin things. Mike Evans found his way into the end zone. So we were sort of waiting to see how this group would all shake out. So after what we saw on Sunday, do you think all of these wide receivers are startable now? I mean, I do think it's a possibility. I'm going to run through the stats of those three guys. Mike Evans, he had six receptions, 77 yards, and a tutty. Antonio Brown, seven receptions, 69 yards. And Chris Godwin, six receptions for 92 yards. Now, I think the huge concern here was that there are so many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. You have these three receivers. Then you also have your tight ends. You have Gronk. You have Cameron Brait. There's so many different players uh, who Tom Brady needs to get the ball to. And that's excluding the running back 
quarterback situation uh, of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Now, looking at this performance, one, I do think it was a little bit of a revenge game for Tom Brady because he was embarrassed about what happened versus the New Orleans Saints back in week nine. So I think there was a little more animosity there to go out and perform. But I think as we look ahead to the fantasy playoff schedule, you could easily start all three of these guys. I think the only thing that you have to keep in mind is that maybe I would temper the expectations. I don't know if if Tom Brady in this offense will be able to spread the ball as consistently as they did against the Panthers on Sunday. But all three guys, plus Tom Brady, they all showed some type of promise. So, I mean, I think if you have the option to start them, you could do it. The thing I didn't mention that you touched on was the fact that also the two tight ends got involved. You got good numbers out of Gronk. You got uh, decent numbers out of Cameron Bray, which I don't know if anybody is starting Cameron Bray nowadays. But either way, <laughs> he got the ball in his hands uh, quite a few times on Sunday. And I know that you know, when we talked about this this team and this offense uh, on Fantasy Game Day on Sunday, uh, you, I, and Adam Rank were all sort of unanimous about the fact that you know we we either backed Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin. Nobody was on the Mike Evans train. So uh, the six for seventy-seven and a touchdown sort of came out of nowhere. That's the one I feel like is maybe the least trustworthy because I don't know that that is how the Buccaneers are going to use him regularly. So it was nice to get it if you started Mike Evans. That's the one I feel like you really can't count on as much as the other ones. I still think, you know, it's either Godwin or AB most weeks. So anything you get out of Mike Evans uh, beyond just the occasional two-yard touchdown catch uh, might be a bonus going forward the rest of the year. The other part about this, when we finish the show, you know, I I do the show sort of in my little office, my loft office here, and I, I go down to the living room and I turn on the big TV and I get set up for the day. And literally in the time it took me to like go downstairs, pour another cup of coffee, get my computer set up. Ronald Jones had fumbled the football. And I thought at that point that that was going to be the end of Ronald Jones's day. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, it turns out he had a huge day, nearly 200 rushing yards, had a 98-yard touchdown run. So after he overcomes this fumble, Kimmy, and he gets a heavy workload, do we feel more secure about starting Rojo every week? We have to feel more secure, one, because of the performance that he did. He ended with almost 25 fantasy points, but then also seeing the usage of Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is the lead back in this offense. I know we've been kind of toying and going back and forth on do we start Rojo, do we not, do we trust him, do we not? We have to trust him. I, I think the fact that he moved past that fumble and they still had him as the lead back in that offense and trusted him for the rest of the game, that points to good signs. That, that means good things. Plus those almost 200 rushing yards. He had 192 rushing yards. That's a dominant performance, and that's exactly what you want from your running back, uh, especially as we look ahead to the fantasy playoffs. So I think we feel a lot more secure with Ronald Jones in the lineup, but I don't know what that means for Leonard Fournette. That becomes sort of the next question is what does this mean for Leonard Fournette? Because he didn't really get that many opportunities on Sunday. It was mostly the Rojo game. And maybe this was because they were attacking what is a bad run defense there in Carolina. Maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but he looked very effective. And so now you do sort of wonder how this thing shakes out, how this split is going forward. But I think we're sort of, as much as I, I want to just, you know, take a victory lap and, and, and pat myself on the back for staying with Ronald Jones, in the back of my mind, I know that we're always going to sort of play this game, that we're going to do this dance between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And yesterday was great if you started Rojo, not so much for Fournette. The tables could turn next week, right? They, they play the Rams next week, and the Rams did a pretty good job of slowing down the Seahawks. It could end up being a Leonard Fournette game. So you're sort of in this weird netherworld with both of these guys where you kind of have to start them and sort of let the chips fall where they may. It is, it is kind of a sickening feeling, uh, especially when you're in the part of the season where the games mean more in fantasy, where the, the wins become magnified and the losses uh, become a little bit more heartbreaking. But I, as much as you know, Bruce Arians says Ronald Jones is our guy, uh, Bruce Arians has also been known to maybe uh, bend the truth a little bit when it comes to his running backs. I mean, look, he, he has no obligation to us to be forthright, but, uh, you know, we'd appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. Um, 
So that takes us from uh, the Bucks to a guy who used to be a Buccaneer in Jameis Winston. And Jameis came in in the second half of New Orleans game against the 49ers on Sunday. Drew Brees left that game with a rib injury. In fact, he is having an MRI on Monday. And the early reports are that he might miss a few weeks. Now, Jameis didn't do anything particularly special. They didn't necessarily need him to because the defense pretty much had it locked down for the Saints. But next week, New Orleans has Atlanta, and we have been picking on Atlanta pretty mercilessly when it comes to fantasy. So, Kimmy, if you are in need of a streaming quarterback, would you give Jameis a look? I mean, I think if you're a YOLO player and maybe you don't want to go to the fantasy playoffs and now you're just playing to have fun, you can say YOLO and go get Jameis Winston. I like Jameis Winston. I root for Jameis Winston. I think it'll be interesting to see him fully have an opportunity with the Saints if Drew Brees does, in fact, miss some time. But if you are a player who does want to make it to the fantasy playoffs and you're kind of in that position of, of teetering the edge of a playoff victory or a playoff opportunity because of your wins and losses, I think you should look at some other guys who are on the waiver wire. I know we're going to talk about him a little bit later on in the show, but Big Ben, he's owned in, I think, less than 50% of NFL.com leagues. So is Drew Locke, Jake Luton, the rookie uh, there as well, as lo- along with Tua, who just went out and performed really well against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think there are some other guys on the waiver wire that I probably have a little bit more trust in over Jameis Winston, even though this is a really good matchup. But maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just being a little too cautionary here, but uh, I don't know. I'm a little scared about the Jameis Winston streaming option. I, look, I get it. We're, we're talking about a guy who threw 30 interceptions last year, so you would be crazy if you weren't at least a little bit hesitant about it. And you know, when I talk about streaming Jameis, it really is pretty much about playing the matchup. I, and, and you saw the numbers yesterday, 6 of 10 for 63 yards. He didn't do much. He wasn't asked to do much. You know, likely they will ask him to do a little bit more next week, but you also get the sense that Sean Payton will figure out how to sort of scheme around any deficiencies Jameis has, which if that means giving the ball to Alvin Kamara a little bit more, uh, you know, weirdly, and I hate saying this out loud because I know my mentions are going to get flooded, but weirdly this this could mean we see a lot more Taysom Hill next week, you know, where it's mm-hmm. Taysom as a as a quarterback, Taysom as a running back. T- I mean, it'll be it'll be like Bugs Bunny against the Gas House Gorillas, you know? It'll be like you know, wide receiver <laughs> Taysom Hill, running back Taysom Hill, tight end Taysom Hill, left guard Taysom Hill. Like it'll be that, uh, just to sort of keep it. But if you are you know saying a two quarterback league, if you're in a really really deep league where uh, quarterback is really thin on the waiver wire, then uh, I think Jameis, you know, might be appealing to you. But, uh, Kimmy, I, I understand your hesitation, your your fear to just fully dive headlong into the Jameis Winston experiment, uh, even against the Atlanta Falcons defense. Um, last bit of news, Nick Chubb came back, and he did what we would have expected him to do against that Houston Texans run defense, had a really nice game, got into the end zone. In a game that was way more low scoring than I think anybody anticipated, and admittedly the weather might have had something to do with that, but the one play everybody's talking about, this one here, he's breaking it down the sideline for what certainly would have been a game ceiling play, and instead of scoring the touchdown, he steps out of bounds at the one-yard line. Fantasy Twitter howled in frustration when it happened, and it's one of those things where smart football uh, and fantasy sort of run headlong into each other and do not mix. This was the this was the smart, correct football play. But for all of us fantasy types, we wanted to see him score. Uh, but that's neither here nor there because Nick Chubb still had a very good game. He did score a touchdown for you. My question is, knowing how the Browns want to run the football and seeing what the schedule is, can Nick Chubb be a top five fantasy back for the rest of the season? I absolutely think that it is possible because of the schedule that you mentioned. So I went and I took a look, right? They take on the Eagles, the Jets, the Titans, the Ravens, the Giants, the Jets again, and then the Steelers. So then I did a little math, right? I went to NFL.com slash fantasy, clicked on our research bar, and I wanted to see how do these teams fare against fantasy running backs? Well, I have some good news. The Jags, the Jets, the Giants, and the Titans, they're all within the top 10 
defenses that are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs this season. All signs point to good for Nick Chubb to be a top five fantasy running back for the remainder of this 2020 season. I think even with him and Kareem Hunt and them kind of doing a 50-50 split, we saw yesterday Nick Chubb is an elite running back. He is going to continue to get opportunities. He's going to continue to carry the ball. And like you said, this is a run-heavy offense, and that just means Nick Chubb is going to shine. Look, the, the Browns make no bones about the fact that they want to run the football as much as they possibly can. And so uh, it was why certainly uh, yesterday a lot of us felt like you could start either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt and you would be okay. And that turned out to be the case. And this is really what they want to do. They want to lead with their running game. Nick Chubb uh, you know, maybe isn't quite the workhorse he was early last season before Kareem Hunt you know, came online but they're still getting him the ball a ton. And in a world where we are still wanting more from running backs, we're wanting more running backs in general. I mean, look, we, we are literally having a debate about Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds. So that sort of tells you where we are with fantasy running backs. So Nick Chubb coming in and being able to do Nick Chubb things and knowing he's going to get a consistent number of touches and snaps every single week uh, means that you're, you're going to lean on him. You are going to ride him the rest of the way. And uh, I do think he's got top five upside. I think he can be that good uh, for the rest of the season. All right. So from a guy who was good to a handful of guys who were ungood in uh, in week 10, it is time for I'm Salty, our week 10 disappointments. And Kimi, let's start with a guy who has made this list now two weeks in a row, James Conner. And everything about this said this was a good matchup. You know, the weather was going to be uh, like so-so. The Bengals' run defense is not good. Everything said James Conner was going to blow up. And yet here we are being salty about James Conner. I mean, we're not pulling the plug on him, Kimmy, but I don't know what to do at this point with him. I'm officially Salt Bay. I am mad. I'm, I'm done with you, James Conner. I'm mad. I, I, I'm horrible. Because like you said, I saw the matchup, so I got him into my starting lineup thinking this could really be a game where he can go out and explode and get consistent fantasy points for me. And then that's not what he did. He didn't even get seven fantasy points. Come on, like lucky number seven. You could have done that. Now, this is the third consecutive game where James Conner has failed to gain more than 20 yards on a single play. That's that's a little different than the production he was having earlier on in the season and even last season. However, I don't want to make excuses for him, but Yet again, the game script did favor the passing game, even though the Steelers were ahead that entire game. Ben Roethlisberger threw 46 times. So again, I don't want to make excuses for why James Conner wasn't really utilized or why he wasn't able to be productive because you just saw he got, he got a pass off and then he completely just fell to the ground. But you have to also realize that they threw the ball a lot more than we would have expected. I, look, maybe some of this was about the, the matchup in the sense that the Bengals came into this week with just a completely depleted secondary, right? They, they were down four cornerbacks to the point that they tried John Ross in practice at defensive back, and then he got hurt. Uh, so that, that's, that tells you how things were going for the Bengals secondary. So maybe this was just more set up for Ben Roethlisberger to throw the football, and, and he had uh, maybe his best game of the year uh, against Cincinnati on Sunday. So maybe that had something to do with it. But still, everything was pointing toward James Conner getting some opportunity. The other part that's frustrating is watching the Steelers down near the goal line. They are very creative, which, yay, creativity. Boo for not giving <laughs> the ball to James Conner. That's the part that's sort of frustrating when you see them sort of running end arounds to chase Claypool or bootlegs or what have you. Like, yay, it's fun to see creative new offensive plays. But sometimes we just want the meat and potatoes of handing the ball to your running back, letting him plow ahead uh, into the end zone. So uh, you were sort of stuck because you've had back-to-back -back, back -back bad performances by James Conner fantasy-wise. But, you know, where else are you going to go? There's not a whole lot of great options out there that you feel like can be better than James Conner on a weekly basis. Uh, DK Metcalf had just been money every single week for you, for the Seahawks. And then he ran up on Jalen Ramsey on Sunday and got locked down. I know, look, I, I, I'm not panicking over this, Kimmy. I don't think this is some you know big worrisome thing. But at least for one week, I'm kind of salty that DK Metcalf didn't really do anything. 
No, you you deserve to be salty. You can be Salt Bay on this one since I'm a Salt Bay on James Conner. You can have the Salt Bay on DK Metcalf. I mean, we've kind of known that this is a possibility, though. I don't think we thought that he was going to be held to under five fantasy points, but Jalen Ramsey had him locked down the entire game. That's exactly why Jalen Ramsey is paid the money Jalen Ramsey is paid, right? He's very good on the defensive side of the ball. But with DK Metcalf and also Tyler Lockett, we're kind of used to these big boom or big bust games. It's always a toss-up on which one of these receivers is going to have the huge game and I think we were all expecting that it was continually going to be DK because of the way he'd been performing as of late but this just shows the volatility with these guys you can go and you can have a game where you have what less than five six fantasy points or you have a game where you have more than 40 fantasy points it's a completely disaster and, and really annoying for fantasy managers but with with the high upside and that high upside potential you never are going to sit DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett for that case However, you just kind of have to shrug it off when things like this happen, which is annoying. Let me let me be clear. It's very annoying. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you mentioned that too. Like normally this year, it's been when one of those guys has a bad game, the other one has a huge game. But even Tyler Lockett was just meh on, on Sunday. Like, he didn't even get you 12 fantasy points. So it was just not a great game for the Seahawks. Credit the Rams defense for having a great game plan and, and keeping Russell Wilson locked down because Russell Wilson uh, had – fewer than 10 fantasy points himself. Uh, I mentioned Lockett was not great. Metcalf was kind of a bust. So uh, I'm not worried about it. Like I'm not panicking and saying we should drop or anything. These guys, it just, it was a bad game. Uh, That doesn't necessarily make me feel better about it. Um, We had been big on the Travis Fulgham train for a while because he had been playing well since he got on the lineup for the Eagles, but he did pretty much next to nothing on Sunday. One catch, eight yards, I look, and we talked about the Giants with Eddie earlier. I mean, look, they're they're playing well, good for them. But I still wanted more from Travis Fulgham. I am not thrilled with what happened yesterday. I mean, we all wanted more of Travis Fulgham, but this was something when we even talked about picking him up from the waiver wire that we did note. Once the rest of those receivers start to get healthy for the Eagles, and that's exactly what's happening now. Carson Wentz has the ability to now spread the ball a lot more with Travis Fulgham not being that main receiving target and that receiving option. So this was something that I feel like we we kind of spoke into existence because we cautioned against it, even though we wanted him to be great. And now we saw that reality come true against the Giants. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, I still believe that maybe he was going to get some looks just because of how well he's played. But but you are correct. I mean, Jalen Rager has been back for a couple of weeks, and I know how much they love him and want to get him involved in the offense. Alshon Jeffrey uh, was at least dressed and, and back available, although I don't know that he did much of anything. Part of it also is just that the Eagles' offense as a whole is, is the picture of inconsistency. One week it looks like Carson Wentz is sort of putting things together. Then another week it looks like he, he just met the other 10 guys on the offense. So, you know, it, it's frustrating. I still sort of believe that Fulgham has a future in this offense just because of what he did for those, you know, four to six weeks or so leading up to yesterday. I just it just didn't it didn't work out at all. And the last one we talked about this a little bit, but Leonard Fournette, uh, we thought would at least have some sort of role, and I guess he did. It was just minimal. Um, so I don't know. I, I really don't know what to do about the Bucks backfield. I mean, we sort of talked about it, Kimmy, but at least for yesterday, I was certainly if I started Leonard Fournette, I would be highly displeased with the results I got from him. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, when have you been pleased consistently with the production out of Leonard Fournette, right? He's battled injury. There's this 50-50 split with him and Ronald Jones, a whole conversation on who the lead back is. We saw yesterday those nine rushes for 19 yards and two receptions for 11 yards. That only got you five fantasy points, and that's just the kind of mad performance that now I'm kind of used to. This this confusing backfield is just that. It's confusing, but we earlier in the show did make a case for being you know more comfortable with Ronald Jones in our starting fantasy lineups, and I think that's kind of dissuaded us from trusting Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it is. Look, we are going to do this, Danton. I know we talk about this a lot, and I feel like this also goes back to what we said when Fournette first got to Tampa, that there are going to be weeks that it's going to be Fournette week, and there's going to be weeks where it's going to be a Ronald Jones week. And I'm looking at, let's go back the last four games, right? He had five points on Sunday. Before that, he actually had 10.10 points in back-to-back games. He had 15 points before that. Um, 
you know, he's, he's had ups and downs. Like the, the floor is really low. The ceiling is really high. I mean, he had a nearly a 28-point game back in week two. So the the frustration is going to continue. Uh, you know, we very well could do this segment next week and we could be talking about Ronald Jones and I'm salty because <laughs> Leonard Fournette had 150 yards and Rojo had like 17. So, you know, this this is what it is. Uh, I just wanted to vent about it. That's that's pretty much why we created this whole segment is just so that we could uh, vent and moan about the guys who let us down on Sunday. Um, yeah. And we look, if you guys out there on Twitter want to vent and moan about guys who let you down, feel free. Put in the mentions. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some catharsis together about the folks uh, who let us down this week. And who's not letting us down is today's show sponsor. It is DraftKings, the one-day leader in fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It is time for Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. We do checks marks the spot every Monday. We look at three guys who had some interesting performances on Sunday and decide whether or not this thing can keep it rolling, right? Whether we believe it or not. So let's start in Washington. J.D. McKissick, 15 targets, a game high. And over the last two weeks, uh, I think 29 targets for J.D. McKissick. He is actually second on the team in targets behind Terry McLaurin. Now it's a pretty sizable gap. Uh, but when you get 15 targets in a game, that closes that gap just a little bit. But we have seen him become a big part of the passing game, had a nice game against the Detroit Lions. So, Kimmy, maybe not the 15 targets, but in terms of his usage and his role in that Washington offense, uh, do we believe it or not with J.D. McKissick? I believe it. And this is a little bit of a humble brag for me because this week I was all about the McKissick train. And I think that was just because the matchup was so good against the Detroit Lions. I know you as well as Rank and I, we were all hype on McKissick and Antonio Gibson since the Lions are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs. But we have to look at this performance from McKissick and realize I don't think this is smoke and mirrors. I truly think this is going to be his continued role in this offense with Alex Smith as the quarterback from here on out. It shows good things that he did get those 15 targets, and he's the second most targeted guy behind Terry McLaurin. Next up, the Washington football team take on the Bengals and the Cowboys. Both of those teams are averaging 22 fantasy points allowed to the running back position in fantasy football. So I think from here on out, J.D. McKissick can be a consistent fantasy starter. Plus, and this is the biggest thing, we have seen so many injuries at the running back position that when you get a guy like this and he's good, you want to hang on to him and you want to start him. That, I think, is a key there, too, right? Because it's one thing, you know, if, if we had a full complement of running backs, if, if nobody was hurt, if nobody was on a bye, then maybe you look at that and you sort of make a, a determination of whether or not you feel comfortable with J.D. McKissick. But, you know, a, a lot of times uh, at this point in the season, you are shorthanded and you are trying to you know find anybody who can fill a gap. And McKissick is doing well. And I don't I don't want to say that to make it sound like he's just some bum that's just going to fill a spot for you. He's playing good football right now. Uh, and that is certainly something to take note of. It's also worth noting that both he and Antonio Gibson have sort of figured out how to coexist in this backfield because McKissick uh, had the nice day. You saw that the 43 receiving yards and a touchdown. But Antonio Gibson also went out and had a pretty good day as well, scoring a couple of touchdowns. So Washington has figured out how to use these guys. And I also think that having Alex Smith back there at quarterback is going to do wonders for McKissick. He is going to get the ball to his running backs. And so you're, you're going to see you know, them take shots down the field with Terry McLaurin. You're going to see them check down and get the ball to J.D. McKissick as well. So there may be room in this Washington ecosystem for a couple of different running backs to eat. And, you know, Alex Smith taking over as the starter might not be the worst thing that happened uh, to J.D. McKissick. Plus, you mentioned the matchups coming up, too. That That is uh, reason enough to at least consider having him uh, on your roster, at least putting him in a flex spot. Uh, staying in the NFC East with the Giants, Wayne Gallman had himself a day, a couple of touchdowns there. I certainly didn't predict that against an Eagles defense that had been tough against the run. And in the past, the Giants have tried the Wayne Gallman experiment. It was mixed results at best. Uh, obviously, he was going to be buried behind a, a healthy Saquon Barkley. Even with the Giants having a bye in week 11, Kimmy, I mean, should we kind of start paying more attention and giving Wayne Gallman more of his due based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks? 
I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit. It's funny that you say like, oh, I didn't see this coming. It's like, I want to ask a poll on Twitter, like who had Wayne Gallman in the starting lineup and thought that he was going to be one of the top fantasy running backs this week. And I know that whoever voted yes was a complete liar because (laughs) like you said, we've seen this experiment before and it hasn't really worked out. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, he's out for the rest of the season. And then Devonta Freeman quietly went on IR. I understand that now they have a bye in week 11, but then at week 12, they face the Bengals, who I just said are averaging around 22 fantasy points allowed to running backs this season. So Gallman is going to be serving as the Giants' lead back once they come from that bye week. So maybe this is an opportunity to focus in on them, but also temper expectations. I, I don't know. This one, this one's a little bit of a confusing situation for me. It, it is because as you look at the the line scores for him the last few weeks, you sort of realize that he is very touchdown dependent. Um, but he's also scored five touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, so that is is reasoned enough to sort of kind of buy-in at least you would like for him to do more uh, from a yardage standpoint he hasn't had 80 yards in a game yet this year so that part certainly leaves you wanting um but the fact that he keeps finding the end zone is what is sort of keeping him afloat and i i come back to what you just said a little while ago if you are shorthanded at running back with guys hurt uh, we still have buys for a couple more weeks so you know there are going to be running backs that are going to be unavailable that gives gallman some appeal He's still available in about 60% of NFL.com leagues. So he's out there for people uh, who need help. Again, this week, obviously, it doesn't help you because he's on a buy. But uh, he's going to be a name on the waiver wire that people are going to start paying attention to just because he's finding his way into the end zone. And sometimes that's all you need uh, to be really productive and to be you know, a fantasy relevant on, on a weekly basis. Um, Chase Claypool has been fantasy relevant pretty much uh, all year long. Now, he's had some spikes. He's had some valleys, but a pretty good game for him on Sunday and some of it at the expense of James Conner, who we were salty about in the first block of this show. Uh, So uh, I would think with Chase Claypool, we, we maybe have a read on him. I don't know. How are we feeling about Chase Claypool at this point? I mean, I think you just kind of made an argument for Wayne Gallman saying he's very touchdown dependent. And I think the same thing is the case for Chase Claypool. He's had nine total touchdowns this season, two of those coming from that game yesterday uh, versus the Bengals. Now, I understand Chase Claypool is is good, right? And he's been fantasy relevant, but a lot of fantasy managers kind of are over this ebb and flow of, of him having really high weeks and then not doing much at all, but then getting back into the end zone again. I think the thing that's that's so attractive about Chase Claypool and why he has such a high upside, a touchdown upside, is because of his frame and his side. It's ideal for targeting him near the goal line, and that's consistently what Ben Roethlisberger did. You just saw that that play right there uh, on video. So, yes, Chase Claypool is great, but that touchdown upside is is something to, to be mindful of and realize that a lot of his fantasy points depend on getting into the end zone. He's been – it's sort of hard to figure in the sense that you know, he has – he had the one huge game with the four touchdowns where he had 42 fantasy points, but he's had some double-digit games in there, had the two touchdowns yesterday, as you mentioned. And so that is sort of, you know, definitely what, what makes him attractive. But it is, I always say, touchdowns are fickle beasts. And so it is sort of hard to necessarily bank on that. But the Steelers like to use him around the goal line. And I think that's the encouraging part. It, it's one thing to look at a guy and say, touchdown regression is coming when you know they're scoring all their touchdowns from 15 to 20 yards away. But because, as you mentioned, they are using him near the end zone. And so that gives you hope that the touchdown numbers can sort of consi- can, can continue consistently. Uh, I mean, look, as we sit here right now and, and do this show, he is the wide receiver 16 on the season. So there is certainly reason to believe that, that he can kind of keep this rolling for the rest of the year. Side note, by the way, Juju Smith-Schuster is wide receiver 17, uh, and he's put together oh. four straight double-digit games. He's put together back-to-back 20-point games. So I know the start of the year was frustrating for Juju. He's coming around, Kimmy. It's getting better for Juju. That makes me excited. That makes me happy. I have no real point beyond that, but it makes me happy. <laughs> don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. I have him in, in, in a league or two. So don't jinx it. Keep the good right. fantasy performances up, Juju. Awesome. Well, of those three guys between McKissick, Gallman, and Claypool, we want to know which ones you think 
has the best chance to sort of keep this rolling, whether or not, uh, which one of these you think uh, is the most believable performance of week 10 and beyond. So you can go vote on that on Kimmy's Twitter page at Kimmy checks, uh, make your thoughts known about that one as well. I uh, will decide which one of these guys is maybe the most rosterable for the rest of the season. That was performance ready presented by Castrol Egg. Salute to Service is the NFL's year-round effort to honor, empower, and connect with our nation's service members, veterans, and their families through long-standing partnerships that support our military community. The NFL, its clubs, and players thank all of our armed forces serving in the United States and around the world. Join the NFL and Salute to Service by visiting nfl.com slash salute. Time to take a look at the week 11 waiver wire. Some targets out there for you at the quarterback spot. There's, uh, of course, Tua Tangovailoa, Tangovailoa who's uh, playing very well right now. Jameis Winston, we talked about a little bit earlier with Drew Brees expected to miss some time. Ben Roethlisberger, who's available in a surprising number of NFL.com leagues and has some pretty good matchups down the stretch. Uh, running backs, Naheem Hines, who looks like he's taken over in that Indianapolis backfield. Savan Ahmed, who played very well for the Dolphins on Sunday. J.D. McKissick is there. Jordan Wilkins, who's still getting quite a bit of opportunity in Indianapolis. Uh, Wayne Gallman, if you certainly need some help. Uh, a name not on this list that you can pay attention to, though, is uh, Damian Harris as well in New England. Uh, wide receivers, Marquez Valdez. Scantling has had a couple of nice games back-to-back. Alan Lazard is expected back for the Packers. Could be back as soon as next week, so the Lazard King may be back in play. Michael Pittman, who's starting to get some love down in Indianapolis. Uh, over at tight ends, it's a, kind of a thin wire this week at tight end, but Logan Thomas has a matchup that makes him streaming streamable if you are really hurting at that spot. And defensively, the Chargers uh, could be on your radar as a streaming option as well. All right, so let's talk, though, about a couple of those names on that list. The first one, Kimmy, Savan Ahmed. And the Dolphins have had some issues at running back. I mean, Miles Gaskin is hurt. Matt Breida is hurt once again. Jordan Howard has given them next to nothing and has just been inactive lately. So yesterday, I certainly would have, wouldn't have pegged it, but Savan Ahmed played well and at least has put himself in contention to, to get some recognition here. Play well, he did. He rushed 21 times, 21 times for 85 yards and a touchdown. Now, we, we've been hyping up Tua quite a lot as well. And uh, I, I think a thing that's really important is when you see guys like this who are way more backup players, they have these connections with guys like Tua because they were both backups, right? Before uh, Fitzmagic or while Fitzmagic was still the starting quarterback, I'm sure that Tua and Savan were getting some time in practice together and you saw that pay off. He finished with 16 fantasy points and was the lead back for the Dolphins because of all of those injuries that that backfield has seen. So maybe this is a time to start targeting him on the waiver wire and feel a little bit more comfortable of, of starting him each and every week or at least considering a flex play for him. I think he at least should be considered off the waiver wire. And you know, obviously what his role is, is going to be impacted by what happens with you know, Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin, so on and so forth. But if those guys aren't available, it does appear that the Dolphins feel comfortable with giving him the football and letting him do his thing. Now, next week, a matchup against the Cardinals is so-so. Uh, but uh, again, you know, if, if you are needing help for running back, he should at least be rostered. Uh, so, Give him a shot. Keep an eye on the on the injury reports during the week and sort of make your determination from there about whether or not you're going to give him a spot uh, in your starting lineup. The other one is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he had a huge game on Sunday. Devontae Adams was okay. I mean, he, he still got you like 18 fantasy points, not the big blow-up weeks he had been having. MVS was sort of the guy. And Kimmy, part of me wants to just kind of get back on this bandwagon like I was on it before and then nothing happened and I got off and then all of a sudden the wagon starts moving and like I feel like this is just setting me up for heartbreak again but tell me why I should buy back into the MVS bandwagon I feel like this is an abusive relationship. It's like MVS has been gaslighting you all season long. You're like, what do I do now? Uh, let me let me try to convince you. You talked about Devontae Adams. He didn't have a horrible game, but MVS actually doubled the receiving production of Devontae Adams, which was really interesting. He had four receptions, 149 receiving yards, and a touchdown, whereas Devontae Adams, he had 66 receiving yards and a touchdown from eight receptions. Now, MVS, this is why you guys have a contentious 
relationship. This is this is why he keeps breaking your heart. Because he had a huge week one. Then he went quiet. And then he's had back-to-back really good performances for week nine and 10 of 19 and 24 fantasy points. So if you're a guy who likes consistency in your relationships, Marcus, which I know you and you're a good guy, so I know that's true, you may still want to back up of NVS because I don't know if you're going to be able to expect this production each and every week. I, this is why I, I just I'm struggling to buy back in. I mean, part of it next week the matchup against the Colts is not particularly a good one. Also, throw in the fact that Alan Lazard very well could be back, and and you know then those guys are sort of fighting for whatever scraps Devontae Adams leaves behind in terms of targets. I just part of me looks at MVS and I see like I understand. Yes, he's had two really good games. I think he's had a combined 43 fantasy points in the past two weeks. That's good. I just I don't I don't want to get my heart broken again, Kimmy. I can't I can't I can't get the you know I can't get ghosted in my fantasy lineup. <laughs> we go back to week seven. Week seven, he had nine rushing yards. That's the tweet. That's it. Just nine rushing yards. That was all he did. So so I I, I know he's out there, and if you need wide receiver help, that he is an option this week for you simply because he seems to be getting more looks from Aaron Rodgers. Also understand that I come at this maybe from a jaded perspective because I have been frustrated with MVS before. Both things can certainly be true. That's 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 all I'm going to say about that. Um, all right. So looking at this list of all the people out there who are, are waiver wire worthy in week 11, uh, who is your top priority if you have the number one spot? It's Naheem Himes. I remember, I swear it was last week. We need to like roll back the tape. I need to be like, hide them, roll the tape. Last week when we were talking about this whole confusing Colts backfield and Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Himes, I told you, I said, we need to be done with this conversation. If Jonathan Taylor does not perform well again, it's Naheem Himes all the way. Naheem Himes is it for me. I'm getting the guy on the waiver wire. I'm starting him. I'm done with Jonathan Taylor. That experiment is over. Whatever. He's ghosted me. He's broken my heart. Naheem Himes. Now it's time for a comeback. I, I too, am leaning toward Naheem Himes. Part of it is because the matchup against the Packers is so good next week. Also because... He has a consistent, steady role, and and look, you know, I, I don't talk. Look, our, my pal Professor Chris over there with the guys at Sleeper Wire who do a very good job. He does a show where he sort of debates, and he and I had a debate on Zach Moss versus Naheem Hines. I still think I won that one, by the way, Chris. But he did make some good points about <laughs> Hines having a steady role in this offense, and that is true. So regardless of what is going on between Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins. Naheem Hines, you know, is still going to get his snaps. He's still going to get his targets. He's going to get the the chance to have the football in his hands. So that, to me, makes him a little bit more of a consistent option over those other two guys. And like I said, the the Packer run defense has not been great. They struggled against running backs. So Naheem Hines is high on the list. The other guy I would keep an eye on, and I mentioned him briefly, was Damian Harris. And I know Harris... Uh, didn't have any touchdowns on Sunday night against the Ravens. It was Rex Burkhead that had a couple of scores. But Damian Harris is doing work as a running back. Over 100 yards for the third time this season. So he is worth picking up. If if the Patriots have a true RB1, it seems to be trending toward Damian Harris. They've got the Texans next week, which is another really good matchup for them. Um, so hopefully he can hold off Sony Michelle. Because that's the last thing we need is Michelle to come back, Belichick to start working them in, and then all of a sudden we've got another awful situation on our hands. Just give Damian Harris the ball. It's that simple. I'm pleading with you, Bill. Please. I know you watch this show, Bill Belichick, so I'm pleading with you uh, to just give Damian Harris the rock. That's all there is to it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) There is a chance that you are watching this show streaming on YouTube, but if you aren't, you should go and watch this show streaming on YouTube. You can go and like and subscribe at our page, youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. We've got all of our streaming shows from this to NFL Fantasy Game Day to Fantasy Bites. All of those shows you can find on our YouTube channel. Plus, we have other great content to help you get smarter about fantasy football. And hopefully, uh, it's entertaining as well. We want to educate and entertain. That's what we're here for, to all those things uh, to do. So go check it out. Like and subscribe at youtube.com slash NFL fantasy football okay if you have spent any time on twitter.com recently you can't escape the meme of something that feels like it should be blank but isn't blank uh i got some guys who feel like they should be on your roster but maybe shouldn't uh just it's three guys and we'll talk about whether or not they are worthy of being on your roster for the stretch run whether they should be in your starting lineup is a completely different conversation but let's just start with whether or not they at least belong on fantasy rosters and the first one is malcolm brown 
Uh, and it's been a while since we've talked about this Rams backfield. At some point, I sort of just wiped my hands of it and just kind of walked away. But Michael Brown had two touchdowns on Sunday against the Seahawks. Uh, we know Daryl Henderson is, is still running the ball pretty well. Cam Akers saw the ball a lot but didn't really do much with it. Is what we saw yesterday enough for you to consider adding Malcolm Brown to your roster for the next few weeks? I think the key in this in this question was you can have him in your roster, but it's a different question of if they should be in your starting lineup. I don't hate that you could go out and grab Malcolm Brown, but for fantasy terms, we want consistency, and I don't just know if the consistency is there because of Henderson and Cam Akers also splitting time in that backfield. It's a whole mess. I'm done with all fantasy running back backfields and running back committees I'm done I want to tweet every NFL coach ever and say just stop it so because of that reason I'm a little weary on Malcolm Brown but I don't hate if he's on your roster I I keep rolling with Daryl Henderson partially to, to validate my own beliefs from the start of the year which I know is not necessarily a smart thing to do but <laughs> uh he seems to be that guy that is you know look he is he is sort of that mid-shelf bourbon right that you keep in the house right it's that sort of intersection of quality and value and that's where Daryl Henderson is Malcolm Brown is is that hit or miss right he's Malcolm Brown is sweet potato fries, right? Like sweet potato fries are hit or miss. Like sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're just kind of like, eh. And that's sort of Malcolm Brown. And look, I if I have a roster, there, I have rosters that are very deep and leagues that are very deep and where you need running back help. And so having a guy like Malcolm Brown in those situations, I think is worthwhile. I think in most, you know, traditional, you know, 10, even 12 team leagues, I don't know that you need Malcolm Brown on your roster. The two touchdowns are nice. But, you know, as you mentioned, Kimmy, it's just there's just not enough consistency there with those three guys sort of rotating through. So uh, I think outside of really, really deep leagues, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm buying it. Uh, down in Miami, though, Jakeem Grant, uh, who's a, just a speedy guy, kind of an all-purpose guy in that offense there. He's gotten some run the last couple of weeks. Are we kind of turning toward him, especially with Preston Williams injured? I was going to say, the Preston Williams injury obviously boosts all of the fantasy stock for Jakeem Grant. And shout out to Adam Rank because on uh, NFL Fantasy Game Day, Jakeem Grant was his sleeper of the week. And Adam Rank, I never like to give you praise or say you're right, but you're right with this one. However, Marcus, with this uh, uncertainty of when Preston Williams is going to re-enter that offense, I don't think I'm jumping to go grab Jakeem Grant because I don't quite know what his production will be for the rest of the season if Preston Williams does come back and play. But for right now, I'm kind of enjoying this Jakeem Grant ride. Yeah, I think I think I would at least roster him. Um, you know, I don't know that I'm starting him necessarily because I, I don't know that the production is going to be there regularly. But uh, if I want a guy that I can sort of plug into a flex spot, then, you know, in, in a pinch, I think Grant is, is one that I would like, partially because Tua's gotten me excited about this offense in Miami and has me in a spot where, like, hey, I, I'd like to see if I can pick up some of the, the skill position guys there just because this group is sort of cooking right now. So, um <laughs> Again, he's not more than a flex option, I think, when the matchup is right. But I do think that, that he is worthy with what he's done the last couple of weeks to be on a roster just because as long as Preston Williams is out, then, then there's going to be some opportunity there. Uh, the last one is Marvin Jones. And I, I talked about you know sort of being gaslighted by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> uh, I feel like the fantasy community as a whole kind of has the same relationship with Marvin Jones where we come into the season, we think, hey, Marvin Jones, it seems like a good option. He's going to get targets. He spent the beginning part of this year not really doing much. And now the last couple of weeks, I think when everybody had sort of been frustrated and starting to give up on Marvin Jones, he comes to life. So does this mean we should be back in? Have we made up? Are we cool now with Marvin Jones at this point? No, out of these three guys, I think Marvin Jones is my favorite and the one that I absolutely think should be on your roster and should be considered uh, a flex play or a solid start every single week. Now, I say this with apprehension and some hate in my heart as well because you mentioned he wasn't good that first half of the season, so I traded him away. And then, of course, the week after I trade him away, he blows up, which is just my luck uh, in a nutshell. So he had eight receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. This is his third week in a row with at least one touchdown he's had four touchdowns in that three-week span so I think speaking of all three of these guys and the consistency they bring Marvin Jones has finally started to exploit the absence of Kenny Galladay so I think these are good signs moving forward for him the rest of the season 
he still hasn't had like a huge yardage game. He doesn't have a hundred yard game yet this season, but the touchdowns in four straight weeks, as you mentioned, uh, definitely helps uh, it make you feel better, especially on the three straight weeks. I should say four touchdowns in three weeks makes you feel better about it. Uh, certainly no Kenny Galladay helps, but he is the one guy in this group that I feel like isn't quite as dependent on who is or isn't there around him, right? We talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in Miami with Jakeem Grant. We talk about Malcolm Brown in Los Angeles and sort of how that rotation shakes out. Marvin Jones is the guy that you feel like still has a role, even when everybody's healthy and ready to go and in their normal spot. Now, I know it hasn't quite worked that way this year, but you can at least tell yourself the story and have it be plausible. And I think that's sort of important with Marvin Jones. So he's only rostered in 52% of NFL.com league, which means that he's probably still hanging on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. And so uh, certainly as long as Galladay is out, Marvin Jones needs to be added in leagues. But I think even in most leagues, uh, it is worth having Marvin Jones on your roster. One of the many places you can stream this show is in the NFL Fantasy app, and hopefully you have already downloaded it. I mean, it's week almost week 11. What have you been doing if you haven't already? But it's never too late. You can download the NFL Fantasy app for the low, low cost of free 99, and the best part is on top of being able to play fantasy football in it. You can watch live local games for absolutely free. That includes tonight's Monday night football game between the Vikings and Bears. So if you haven't already, get on it download the nfl fantasy app wherever you download fine applications uh speaking of monday night football it does wrap up week 10 it is the vikings and the bears and old school nfc i call it the nfc Central, like the old school nfc central back when it was you know the bears and the vikings and the lions and the packers and the tampa bay buccaneers who you know obviously represent the central part of the country down there in tampa florida <laughs> what look I don't know, Kim, if you if you are old enough to remember, like NFL geography used to be really bad. Uh, I am old enough to remember when the San Francisco 49ers were the only NFC West team actually in the West. Uh, when they played in the same division as the St. Louis Rams, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Once upon a time. That was the NFC West. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm picturing a map of the United States and like all these little dots and the strings connecting them and someone looking at that and be like, yeah, all those guys should be in the same division. That that makes perfect sense. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. But but yeah, it is now the NFC North. The geography has been figured out. All of our all of our divisions for the most part make some sense now uh, in the NFL. So anyway, Vikings and Bears, interesting one on paper. Certainly interesting fantasy wise. One of the names that I know I've gotten a lot of questions about the last few days has been Adam Thielen. And the last couple of weeks have not been very good for him. The Vikings are running the ball effectively. The Bears defense is tough. If you've waited this long in a more traditional league, you are starting Adam Thielen because what are you going to pivot to at this point on Monday night? But if you're playing DFS, you still have some options. And considering everything around him, would you put Adam Thielen in a daily fantasy lineup? You know, it's funny. I was putting my daily fantasy lineup together this morning, and I strategically did not put Adam Thielen in because, like you said, the Vikings have figured out that they're dominating the run game with Dalvin Cook. That means the the game script does favor the run game. The price of Adam Thielen is way too high. If you want to pick up a Vikings receiver, maybe you go with Justin Jefferson instead. Plus, like you said, this is a really tough matchup against the Bears, who have only allowed three wide receivers to score touchdowns this season. So for the price of Adam Thielen, I think I'm going to fade him in daily fantasy uh, and look to get a part of the Vikings run game instead. I probably would as well. I mean, if I'm looking for pass catchers, you know, maybe I take a shot at Justin Jefferson and hope he, he gets a deep throw or something like that. But even then, I don't know how much I love uh, even Jefferson in that one. We'll talk a little bit about the Bears in, in just a second and their pass catching group. But uh, I think I would try to try to work around Thielen just because I don't I don't like the range of outcomes for him uh, against this Bears defense tonight. So that's what I, I try to stay away from. We talk about the running game and Dalvin Cook and how great he has been pretty much all season, but especially the last few weeks. Uh, if you are projecting points for him, uh, you know, get your Cynthia Freeland on and project a little bit. What do you think uh, is in the offing for Dalvin Cook tonight? 
All right, crystal ball time. I'm going to rock with 24 fantasy points. This guy's been incredible. Uh, You know, earlier this week on, or last week on Fantasy Live, I was talking about midway season MVPs, and Dalvin Cook was one. He is dominating the run game. He is one of the top fantasy and just regular running backs of the league. So I think an easy 24-point performance for him tonight against the Chicago Bears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to downgrade it a little bit. I'm going to say 18, which is fine. It's not particularly great. Part of it is that only three running backs have had 80 or more rushing yards uh, against the Bears so far this season. And then, look, Dalvin Cook's been phenomenal. Uh, for the last five weeks, 130 or more rushing yards. So I would say you put him maybe around 100 rushing yards, uh, a little bit more than that, give him a touchdown. So I, I'm going to give him about 18 points. I think it's still a very good game for him, just not one of those video game type numbers performances we've seen from him over the last month. Flipping to the Bears side of things, Allen Robinson, as we sit and record this show, is questionable. We're waiting to see whether or not he's going to play. Uh, and another guy that I've gotten a lot of questions about. But if he cannot go, uh, you know, look, there's Anthony Miller, there's Darnell Mooney. Where would you pivot to if Allen Robinson is a no-go on Monday night? Right, so if Allen Robinson is a no-go tonight, I'm going to pivot to Darnell Mooney because of how good he was back in Week 9 against the Tennessee Titans. He led all Chicago Bears receivers in targets in Week 9. Just because of that fact alone, I think that Darnell Mooney is probably the safest receiving option for the Bears right now. What do you think, Marcus? I, I agree with that. I think also because I, if I'm going to go with guys – who maybe have a limited target share or who have a, you know, a, a situation where it may be tough to get them the football. I want guys who are going to get me air yards per target. And Darnell Mooney is more of that guy. And this is a bit of a shift for me because coming into the season, I liked Anthony Miller as a sleeper in this offense. It just hasn't worked out. And we've seen Mooney step up and really uh, fill a nice role for this Bears offense. So if there is no Allen Robinson, I think I like Mooney a little bit more. Um, you know, I think as a deep sleeper, I still like Mooney, even if A-Rob is there, simply because if they take a couple of deep shots, uh, it doesn't take much for him to necessarily put up an okay number for you in, in fantasy. Last thing here in the backfield, David Montgomery has already been ruled out. The Bears have uh, elevated Lamar Miller, and they think that he will probably get some snaps tonight. Maybe you have a, a decent-sized workload. Cordero Patterson may be back there. Ryan Nall may be back there. Uh, if we are picking, is there a Bears running back that you would maybe side with this evening? No, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just avoid the Bears running game. That was no shade. That was that was no shade. Don't let my face be a distraction. This is why I have no poker face. I could never ever ever be at a poker table because I would just give away my answer uh, from the jump. But no, I'm probably gonna avoid this one. I know Ryan Null. Maybe if you're way in in a deeper league and you don't have any other options to start tonight for Monday Night Football, you can look at him. He got his first touchdown on the season last week against the Tennessee Titans. But I'm kind of just gonna avoid this one altogether. Same. I, I don't think there's any of these guys that I, I feel confident enough in uh, to give them some opportunity. I mean, literally, Lamar Miller is is going to probably play his first game in, in well over a year uh, behind an offensive line that is struggling to block and, and to open holes. So that certainly is not encouraging. Cordell Patterson is sort of a nice gadget guy, but I don't I don't trust him to get enough opportunity to really make a dent. And, and Ryan Nall is. I mean, he's a nice stopgap, I think, in real football, but certainly not productive enough for me to consider using him uh, in, in fantasy football, pretty, in, pretty much in any form, whether it's standard or whether it's, it's daily. Uh, I'm pretty much, pretty much away from that. So, uh, so are you ready for, for – I know we're not quite to week 11 yet, but now are you, are you back in Chiefs mode that, uh, now that you know that they're going to be back in action this week? Back in Chiefs mode, and now that we're getting closer and closer to the holidays, I'm like, okay, fantasy football playoffs are here, the normal playoffs are here, the holidays are here. Uh, so once I feel like we hit Thanksgiving, and especially like week 11, uh, week 12 of the season, this is when I'm like fully locked and loaded and ready to go. So I feel surreal, and I, and I think it's another huge testament to the NFL and everyone who's trying to stay safe uh, amidst this COVID-19 pandemic, because at the beginning of the season, we didn't know if we would be able to make it to the end of week 10 and the beginning of week 11. So so really impressive and kudos to everyone who continues to mask up and be safe uh, and socially distance where they can so that we can go and have a fantasy and a normal regular season playoff and then get to watch the Super Bowl uh, in just a few months. Amen to all of that. Uh, and on that note, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember the best advice 
is to never listen to any advice, including this one. Be safe, <laughs> take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more.